Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from Amos chapter 5. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light, as if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him, or went into the house and leaned his hand against the wall, and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light, and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your feast, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offering of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps, I will not listen. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as the others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this will declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like, will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, and they, were all, they all became drowsy and slept, but at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, 
and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated as we continue with the, sir, with the next song. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me start off by saying thank you for your patience and your prayers. After about two and a half weeks in AFib, I woke up on Wednesday morning about 3 a.m. and thought, I'm back in rhythm. And I tested like six times because I just didn't quite believe it. I'm preaching on something a little different. I have been wrestling with Psalm 84 ever since writing up the blended service. I love Psalm 84, but all I have on Psalm 84 is random musings. And so I would invite you to consider coming back into the fellowship hall because I think we'll do some of those rambling musings in Bible study time rather than in the sermon time. So I shifted my focus. Shifted it to Jesus' parable. As Pastor mentioned, we have entered the last three Sundays of the church year. And on the last three Sundays of the church year, our readings are focused on the end times. And today Jesus tells a parable that is very direct and very straightforward in what it says and in what it means. Well, at least for the most part. This parable that Jesus tells is a parable of judgment. Jesus is the bridegroom who is coming again. He's not going to come at a time when everyone is expecting him. He may even be delayed beyond what would be considered reasonable by the world. But he is coming again. And when he does, everyone in the world is either going to enter into the magnificent joy of the marriage feast with the bridegroom, or they will be left outside. There are no second chances. You're either in or out. The door will be locked. And even the most ardent pleas, Lord, Lord, open to us, will be met with the response, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. And then Jesus tells his disciples and he tells us exactly what he wants us to get out of this brief story. The conclusion to the parable is as clear as can be. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor hour. This is where we run into the first little bit of trouble in understanding the parable. What Jesus is warning about is clear, but who is Jesus warning? Is it the world in general? That could be, and oftentimes that's how the parable is understood. That the wise maidens represent the followers of Jesus, and the foolish ones are the unbelievers. But honestly... 
the warning in Jesus' parable is far more serious to the followers of Jesus than that. The broader context, the events that led to Jesus telling this parable is that it's, it's part of his, one of His last talks with His disciples. The context in time, for Jesus, it's Holy Week. He's been in the temple. He's been confronting the religious leaders. Now they've left the temple, and Jesus' disciples, well, they did the country bumpkin thing in the big city. Wow! That's an awesome temple! To which Jesus responded, that truly one stone would not be left on another. After a little more walking, they get to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples have asked Jesus. They want to know more. They want to know what He's talking about. And so Jesus tells them of the horrors that are coming on Jerusalem. Horrors that will take place in their lifetime. And then Jesus uses the events of the fall of Jerusalem to talk about the very end times. And that's when Jesus tells a series of parables, warning them to be ready. So in this context, Jesus is speaking in earnest to His disciples. And that sheds light on who these ten maidens are. This parable is not about the world in general. Believers versus unbelievers. No, all of the ten virgins are those who are following Jesus. They've all been invited to the wedding banquet. Banquet. They're all waiting with anticipation for the bridegroom. They all brought their lamps. These ten virgins are followers of Jesus. They have listened to Him. They believe in Him. And this is what makes the parable truly terrifying. There are some followers of Jesus who will not enter into the marriage feast. The foolish maidens are not a bunch of people who never heard of Jesus. They're not people who are following Allah or Buddha. They aren't people who have rejected Jesus. The foolish maidens are followers of Jesus who are left out of the wedding celebration because they weren't ready. Jesus is speaking to His church. And what He warns should shake every churchgoer to the core Everyone who has ever said, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior should be taken aback at this parable. Because Jesus means it to be disturbing. He wants us to ask ourselves, could it be me? Could the door be locked on me? Could Jesus really say of me, I never knew you? Could I be the fool instead of the wise? And what's the difference? I gotta know. And this brings us to the hardest part of the parable. Because in this parable, everything is so much the same between the five wise and the five foolish virgins. Both sets are waiting for the bridegroom. Both had lamps. Both got drowsy. Both fell asleep. Both heard that the bridegroom was coming. They woke up and they trimmed their lamps. The only difference was that the wise virgins 
were ready because they had extra oil. And this becomes the difference between entering the feast with the bridegroom and being left outside and told, I never knew you. So we've got to know, what is this extra oil? Well, the, the well-ingrained, simple response should be, the oil must stand for faith. And truly the good news that we celebrate week in and week out in worship is summed up in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, faith, it's not of your own. It's a gift of God, not a result of your works, so that no one may boast. Faith is certainly the central part of the answer, what is this extra oil? But there is also more. You know, there's a lot of similarities between this parable and the, the words that Jesus had said at the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, especially the fact that both of them focus on wise versus foolish. Do you remember those words from the end of the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on the house. But it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and great was its fall. What was the difference there? There, Jesus says, the difference between wise and foolish lies not in hearing, because both heard the teaching of Jesus. But the wise man hears and does what Jesus teaches. And the foolish man is building on sand because he does not do what Jesus taught. So to hear in this parable, the oil certainly is the full work of God the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's not just the calling us to faith, which He certainly does. But it's also the gathering of us into church on a regular basis to hear the Word, to feed us the life-giving sacrament of Christ's body and blood. The oil is the work of the Holy Spirit as He enlightens us with His spiritual gifts, as He produces in us that bountiful harvest of fruits, love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The oil is the work of God the Holy Spirit who sanctifies us, sets us apart as holy, not just for our own sake, but so that we would live a life of good works in Jesus' name. You know, we do not believe in the old phrase, once saved, always saved. We have never taught that your baptismal certificate or your confirmation certificate is your passport into heaven. And having your name on the membership rolls of church doesn't guarantee an entrance into the feast. Coming to faith does no good if we do not stand firm in that faith to the end through the work and mercy of the Holy Spirit.
So the call of this parable is for us to wise up. To have our lamps continually filled with Jesus. To have our lamps filled with His Word, which sustains us through life's trials and temptations. To have our lamps continuously filled with the Word that brings healing to your soul and forgiveness for your sins. It is to have our strength, faith, faith strengthened to endure even the day of persecution, if that be, to keep us ready for the bridegroom's return. It's a call for us to wisen up that our lamps are filled with Christ at His font, indeed, where He brings us into the kingdom, makes us His children. But it's also the cause to call to wise up, to understand that our baptism is not a past event, but a daily event in which the old Adam is drowned in us and the new Adam, Christ, is raised to life in us. It's a call to continually fill your lamp with Christ at this table where Christ comes into you, body and soul, forgiving your sins, strengthening your faith in this difficult and fallen world where He promises you a place at His feast to come. These words of Jesus, this parable of Jesus, it is meant to disturb us. It is meant to shake us up. Not that we would doubt our salvation, but so that we would focus all the more on the bridegroom, on our Savior, who did the will of the Father perfectly and completely and being filled with Him that we also would do our Father's will. That we would be ready for the day when He comes again and we meet Him with joy and enter with Him into the marriage feast of the Lamb and His kingdom that has no end. Amen. And the peace of God established in Jesus' death and resurrection May that peace keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and keep your lamps filled to the day of His return. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.